This is Money, Motivation, and Mike, and I am your host, Michael Wainwright. In charge of all the controls, as always, is Jason Wright. And hello to you, world. This is the show that will change your life. You can contact us at info at mx3.vip, or you can find all of our content at mx3.vip, or on YouTube at youtube.com slash at mx3podcast. And don't forget to hit the like, subscribe, and hit the icon bell to get notified of all of our new content, which comes out every morning at approximately 9 o'clock, every Monday morning, excuse me, at 9 o'clock. Jason, a real quick shout out here before we get into the show to the country of Peru, who over the last 28 days has 4,708 views on our YouTube channel. I don't know what we're doing down in Peru. Maybe we need to go down there and do a podcast, go down there and do a YouTube, go down there and do a show. Maybe they're looking for a Johnny Carson of Peru down there. We'll get back into that at a later date. Um, Just speaking, continuing here on YouTube, our watch time over the last 28 days is up 935%, almost 150 hours. And our subscribers over the last 28 days is up 315%. So great, great stuff there. Obviously, the podcast um, channel is always strong for us. And now YouTube is really starting to make a, a push and getting involved in our, our, our demographics. Obviously, uh, this Peru deal has kind of got me um, uh, dumbfounded why people down in Peru are so strong with Money, Motivation, and Mike. But we won't ask questions. We'll just take it and go right on. As, we've been do- as I've been talking about and, and being involved with the uh, reaction videos over the last couple of weeks, and, and the fall is here, and this is the first week of, of the National Football League. We're already a week into the college football scene. I've been promising some, uh, some football stuff, some NFL stuff, and today we're going to do that. And uh, Jason, we're going to jump right into uh, the world's uh, most prestigious, uh, most expensive, most worth franchise, sports franchise in the world, the Dallas Cowboys. As everyone knows by watching our show online, uh, we are Dallas Cowboy fans. We have a lot of Dallas Cowboy stuff up here in, in our in our studio. And uh Dallas Cowboys have been a part of uh, both of our lives for quite some time. Mine since the mid-1970s and and Jason coming in there in the mid-90s. When I talk about that, some of the first games that we were fortunate enough to ever go and attend. So things that I'm going to be looking at here over the, let's just say over the next uh, month of episodes. Um, I want to start today with my favorite, which is the Dallas Cowboys. We're also going to talk a lot about the NFL-AFL merger of 1970, which a lot of people don't know this. You know, they, they they turn on the channel, and you got the NFL ticket now, and you can watch whatever games you want to watch. You can watch every game when they break down the screens with about eight different games going on. And uh, a, lot of th- a lot of people do not know the history behind the National Football League. And I'm really, really surprised at how many NFL players – don't know the history behind the National Football League. You know, when those guys come into the league as as rookies, they get put through a lot of different things. I mean, they're coming into large monies. They've been living a college lifestyle. They, they help them uh, basically kind to get into society and, and into a regiment of being a professional in, in their particular trait, which is, which is professional football. So they do a lot of things there. I'm surprised that the National Football League has not made these rookies 
um, go through the history of the NFL so they know exactly what they're going, uh, what they're talking about and going through. Um, and maybe they do and they're not listening. Who knows? But I bet they're just not touching totally on the on the base of the National Football League, going all the way back to when the Canton Bulldogs was established back in the nineteen, I believe, the nineteen twenties. Uh, that that is their field that they play the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame game on every year, and typically the the team that has the most uh, inductees for that particular year um, gets to host the game. and And I was fortunate enough in two thousand six to get to go to the Pro Football Hall of Fame and see Troy Aikman and Rayfield Wright put into the Hall of Fame, and the Cowboys uh, played. Uh, I believe they played the the. the Oakland Raiders. I had to think for a minute where the Oakland, where the Raiders were at the time, and they were just back from Los Angeles, back in L. Uh, Oakland for the for the second time, and they're now the Las Vegas Raiders. So you got to keep up with uh, the Raiders and and trying to figure out where they are. Nevertheless, the Dallas Cowboys, uh, and and I have done a lot of history over the Dallas Cowboys uh, over over my lifetime. It's something that is very important to me, and it's always been there for me. Uh, maybe when times were not so good, it's always been an out. That's uh, why a lot of people get into professional sports. They love the games. And uh, obviously a lot of people will watch professional sports because of the gambling these days. But for me, it's always been an out away, uh, away from what I call the real world, being able to sit down and watch that game and get away from maybe the trials and tribulations that are involved in your life. And like I say, I know a lot of people do that as well, but you know, we think of fall as football. And of course, the first day of fall is, is, is approaching us here in just a couple of weeks, September the 23rd. But the Dallas Cowboys established January the 28th, 1960, played their first season in 1960. Uh, right now they play at AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. Their headquarters is at the Ford Center at the Star in Frisco, Texas. That, Frisco, that city of Frisco, there's you another show. What's going on in Frisco, Texas? People all over the world should probably know what's going on in Frisco, Texas. I know it was the largest growing city at one time, but it seems like everything is going to Frisco, Texas. And we, we have family that lives there, by the way, Jason. Who's that? Your sister. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, wow. Hey, sis. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Cowboys. Most people do not realize they were in the Western Conference when they started in 1960. Then they went to the Eastern Conference from 61 to 66. Then to the Capital Division from 67 to 69. And then into the NFC, the National Football Conference, from 1970 to present. Whenever 1970, the NFL-AFL merger, which then made it the NFC and the AFC under the NFL umbrella. So we've been in the National Football Conference for the last, uh, since 1970, going on 50, 52 years, fixing to start there. And then we've been also the Dallas Cowboys, and I say we, obviously, we've talked about our uh, allegiance to the team. Uh, we've been in the National Football League, uh, the, the NFC Conference, and uh, the, the NFC East Division since 1970, obviously won the most divisions in that particular that particular division over time. Most people know about the star that's on the helmet, one of the most iconic of uh, sports pieces of equipment figures in the world uh, and how the, comp- how the team has been valued by Forbes magazine 
as the number one franchise. And I don't know if you know this, Jason. I mean, the, the Forbes have been number one at Forbes for quite some time. I don't know the exact uh, the, the exact uh, years that they've been, but of the top five professional franchises in the world, Dallas Cowboys have been number one. The one of the other top five has been always the New York Yankees, mm-hmm. and then there are typically three soccer teams, you know, over in Europe, and the and the New England Patriots, who have obviously had a tremendous amount of success in the National Football League over the last twenty years. Uh, that Madrid, Madrid, Spain, Real Madrid, yeah, Madrid, Madrid's going to be in there, um, and then the and then the New England Patriots, they're in and out of the top five as well. So those other four teams typically trade places with with the Cowboys and the Yankees typically always in it. Dallas is typically always number one. So we're not talking about a, a fly-by-night franchise here when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys. Current owner Jerry Jones, as we all know, and we're going to get into the Clint Murkison and uh, uh, Harvey Bryant, Harvey Bum Bryant, as most people know him. Uh, back in the 1980s, and, and of course, the Jones family has been running the show since 1989. Uh, different different nicknames of the Dallas Cowboys, uh, America's Team, Doomsday Defense, Doomsday 2, The Boys, Big D. Uh, we have been to eight Super Bowls, winning five of them, which is the most amount of Super Bowls from any NFC team actually tied with the San Francisco 49ers um, uh, who have who have been to the same amount as well and uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers have also been to eight and of course the New England Patriots have been to 11 so we're all tracing the New England Patriots who have just had a big emergence over the last 20 years with the Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and boys that did go to the Super Bowl back in 1985 got beat by the Chicago Bears and then returned in 96, got beat by the Green Bay Packers. Now, see, we're not going to turn this into a New England Patriots. Uh, mm. Yeah, but trying to figure out how they got to 11 when they didn't have any, and we had uh, five and then added three more before they got to number two. And somehow they, they have went from two to uh, uh, before they we had eight, they had one. So they have been to 10 Super Bowls since the Dallas Cowboys have been to a Super Bowl. Yes, and won most of them. And what what else, Jason? Our NFC foes like the Philadelphia Eagles and the New York Giants, they've beaten them combined three times. That is their only losses to NFC East teams, and one of those teams is not the Dallas Cowboys. And of course, the Washington Redskins. We'll get into the to those folks again. And and, and, the and Commanders. Yeah, politically correct the 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 Washington Commander Commanders. So see, you think about this: Washington Redskins, the Washington Football Team. And now the Washington Commanders. Mm. They've actually had three franchises there. And I think when most people think over the course since 1960 of the Dallas Cowboys' uh, number one rivalry, it's always been the Redskins. Um, There's still a lot of Cowboy Redskin games played on Thanksgiving Day, obviously in Dallas, since Dallas has hosted that game uh, every year but twice since 1966. and everybody thinks of Cowboys and Indians when it comes to the to the Dallas Cowboys and the Washington Redskins, yes. the Washington Commanders. Um, but we'll get into that here in a minute because I'm going to tell you there is a reason the Cowboys and Redskins have had that had that hatred rivalry, frankly, up until the the 90s 
we've we've pretty well dominated them over the last uh, couple of decades for sure. Um, we'll, we'll look for that record and, and see what it is. But the Redskins haven't beaten the Cowboys a whole lot in the last 30 years. Kind of starting with uh, that, that run there of in the 1990s uh, from, from 1991 on. Uh, actually, we beat them in 90 as well. But this Redskins story I'm fixing to tell you is very, very interesting. Um, continue on with what I, what, I was, what I was talking about. Super Bowl five times. Uh, 71, 77, 92, 93, and 95. One of only six teams to win back-to-back Super Bowls. Um, won the NFL Eastern Division in 66 and 67. And the, also won the NFC East in 70, 75, and 78. Got beat by the Baltimore Coats, which are now the Indianapolis Coats, and then got beat by the Pittsburgh Steelers in 75 and 78. And playoff appearances, 35. That's a record from 1966 forward. Been been in the playoffs 35 times. Original field was the Cotton Bow, which still exists to this day. Mm -hmm. If you go back and you look at old pictures of the Cotton Bow, you'll see that the seats were white and blue. And they were white and blue because of the Dallas Cowboys. Because that's where the Dallas Cowboys yeah. played, and then the Cowboys in 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 the uh, um, nineteen seventy one mid season moved to Texas Stadium, the hole in the roof, where they always talked about God could watch his coach and God could watch his team. <laughs> and from nineteen seventy one to two thousand eight, Texas Stadium, and then AT and T Stadium from two thousand nine to present, rounding out where the Dallas Cowboys have played all of their games and had all their success. Now. Going back on what I was talking about with some of these other things that went along, the Cowboys are the only NFL team to record 20 straight winning seasons, Jason, from 1966 to 1985. They only missed the playoffs twice. Went, went to the playoffs 18 out of 20 times. Now we, have, we, now we have teams that play in the Super Bowl that don't even make the playoffs the next year. Now, of course, salary cap, which yeah. – which, Jerry Jones was a big part of. I never understood that. Let's just stop there and think about that for a minute. Salary cap comes into play in the mid-1990s, hard-pressed by the Cowboys owner, Jerry Jones. You know, Jerry, Jerry Jones has been the owner of three Super Bowl teams. But you think about the owners, Bob Kraft. How, how does he just now get in his name mentioned for Hall of Fame, Pro Football Hall of Fame? and Jerry who most people in Dallas Cowboy Nation doesn't give any credit, is not given any credit for those three Super Bowls there in the early 90s, I being one of them. Um, how does he get in the Pro Football Hall of Fame and some of these other guys do not? It just shows you what runs the world, money. Right. Jerry got involved in the National Football League, the Pro Football Hall of Fame, because of money. And continues to show that on a regular basis. My personal opinion. I think my opinion is strong amongst a lot of the Dallas Cowboys. It's it's my opinion is strong amongst a, a lot of the National Football League and et cetera, et cetera. And and obviously, it was time for Tom Landry to go in 1989. Unfortunately, Jerry was the one that got to do it. Now I don't fault him for that. A lot of Cowboy country did fault him for firing Tom Landry. Tom Landry probably should have retired after the 1985 season when he led a less 
talented team than the New York football giants to the division championship. Cause that was the, that was the heyday of coming on with the giants. And the next year they win the Super Bowl uh, with Bill Parcells, who eventually became our coach in 2003. But Tom Landry did his best coaching there in, in the latter part of his, his uh, coaching career and, and took that Dallas Cowboy team to the NFC uh, uh, East title and probably should have called it a day there because you know what happened from, from then on. Uh, um, um, a 3-13 and 13 season, a 1-15 and 15 season, that's how we got Troy Aikman, on and on and on and on. But let's go on back over here. In 2015, the Dallas Cowboys became the first pro sports team to be valued at $4 billion, making it the most valuable team in the sports in the world. And this is all according to Forbes. And in 2018, they became the first NFL franchise to be valued at $5 billion, making Forbes list again. And in 2018, I told you that they had been at the top for quite some time. Going all the way back to 2018, they were already had already been the number one most valued sports franchise for 12 straight years. Now here we are in 2023, 17, now 17 years uh, of, of being on top, et cetera, et cetera. Now, going back to the birth, January the 28th, 1960, Clint Murkison, um, a local Dallas citizen trying to bring a well trying to bring the nfl now catch this word trying to bring the nfl back to the dallas fort worth metroplex because there was a team called the dallas texans which is the original nfl team uh in the national football league uh the dallas texans played one year 1952 and they folded after one year so there was presence for one year of NFL uh, at that time. So now we go and we have two businessmen uh, who had tried and failed to get teams, Clint Murkison and Lamar Hunt. Okay. They ended up being the two fellas that came down to the wire on getting a team uh, awarded to them. Obviously, January the 28th. I'm sure that voting was going on in late 1959. But Clint Murkison Jr., ended up getting the team. He was an old man um, and, and was going to bring a team to Dallas. Lamar Hunt of the Hunt family did not get the team. And that's how the AFL started. So if Lamar Hunt had gotten the NFL Dallas Cowboy franchise, instead of Clint Murkison, they, have, they may have never been an AFL. So he had the power of not only joining the NFL and what would have happened if he had gotten in the NFL, well, he didn't. Goes out and starts his own league called the AFL, the American Football League. And that's how the AFL started and became so strong that in 1966, the AFL and the NFL merged under the NFL umbrella because the NFL had been around for a long time. But that's how we have an AFC today because Lamar Hunt. And that's why... When you win the AFC championship and go on to the Super Bowl, you win the Lamar Hunt trophy. So good stuff right there. Now, gotcha. how does that tie to us as Dallas Cowboys? Well, we're North Texas people. And remember, when he got the franchise, whenever he started the league, the, the Kansas City Chiefs were the Dallas Texans, 60, 61, yep. 62. 
they did realize they could not compete against the NFL Dallas Cowboys. That's why they ended up in Kansas City. Now, here we are. A lot of people would say, oh, I think they can compete with them well. They've been to three of the last five Super Bowls and won two of them. <laughs> and who do they have at the quarterback position? A boy from basically East Texas that went to Texas Tech. There's Texas ties everywhere, right? Okay. So, even though Clint Merkson didn't get a team there uh, in, in the early, the mid-50s, let's say, he continued to try to get a team. Other than the Dallas Texans of 1952, Jason, there had never been a team south of Washington, D.C. That was the team that was farthest south, was at our nation's capital. Wow. Okay. And the Washington Redskins at that time was owned by George Preston Marshall. Mr. Marshall is what they call it. He was the owner of the Washington Redskins. He had a monopoly in the South. You know, after the addition of Dallas, uh, the, the South would eventually see three more teams to the South, uh, which is the Atlanta Falcons, the New Orleans Saints. And at the time, in 1966, they brought in the Miami Dolphins. Now, remember, the merger was happening. So over the next six years, they added three more teams. The Dolphins were an AFL team, but they were already becoming part of the NFL because of the merger of 1966. That's why they brought, brought in uh, the Miami Dolphins, trying to even out the league. And when we get into the AFL merger, we'll get into some other things because remember, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Cleveland Browns, um, and there was one other team. I'm trying to think. Those are NFL teams. But when we get into the merger, and I do a little bit more study, and I'll be able to give some more because I have done some in-depth stuff on this. Now, Mer- get this. Here's, here's, here's the exciting stuff. Clint Merkison Jr. had tried to purchase the Washington Redskins, now the Commanders, from Mr. Marshall, in 1958, his intent was to bring the Washington Redskins to Dallas, Texas. An agreement was struck. The two men made a deal, shook on it. Well, paperwork was being drawn up. Approvals from the National Football League corporate office in New York City, ready to postage stamp this thing. And at the last minute, Mr. Marshall changed the terms, which infuriated Clint Murkison, and Mr. Murkison pulled out of the deal. That's how close we were to being Washington Redskins, Jason. No, no. No, sir. (laughs) Because they were not interested in doing expansion. The National Football League wasn't. So there was the possibility of a Dallas Cowboy team was not in the makings. So Mr. Clint Murkison, with all his lots of monies from his old business, goes and has a deal to move a football team called the Washington Redskins out of the nation's capital and bring them boys to Dallas, Texas. And all over some paperwork, the whole deal blew up and Murkison called off the deal. Okay. Marshall, Murkison's still trying to get a team. Marshall then opposed any franchise for Murkison in Dallas since NFL expansion needed unanimous approval from all team owners, which at that time probably weren't 10, 12 owners. Marshall's position would prevent Murkison from ever joining the league because you had to have unanimous from all the ownership. And 
Obviously, he's upset with Murkison because Murkison pulled out of the deal, and and this man thought he had his team sold. Now, of course, he's the one that initiated the, the situation due to the fact that he um, uh, changed the paperwork right there in midstream. So, you know how politics always gets involved. Oh, yeah. Marshall had a falling out with the Redskin band leader of all things named Barney Burskin. I don't know what the relation is there. The Redskins are a team been around for a long time. And this guy's last name is, is, is Burskin, who had written the music to the Redskin fight song, Hell to the Redskins. And Marshall's wife penned the lyrics. Burskin owned the rights to the song, got them copyrighted, and was aware of Murkison's fight to get an NFL franchise. Angry with Marshall... Breeskin approached Murkison's attorney to sell him the rights to the song before the expansion vote of 1959. Murkison bought Hell to the Redskins for $2,500 in 1959. So the Cowboy-Redskin rivalry starts in about 58, and now in 59, the Dallas future Dallas Cowboy football owner owns Hell to the Redskins song that became our rivalry for a hardcore rivalry for a good 30 years. You didn't know all this, did you, Jason? No, I did not. Before the vote was awarded the franchise in 1959, Murkison revealed to Marshall that he now owned his song and barred Marshall from playing it during games. After Marshall (laughs) launched an explosive laced tirade, Murkison sold the rights to hell to the Redskins, back to Marshall in exchange for his vote in the upcoming expansion league uh, uh, vote of, of Murkison getting a team. And the rivalry was born <laughs> all over hell to the Redskins. Now, as we come to an end here, there's going to be three things I'm going to mention that ended up uh, uh, changing the, the, the NFL landscape as we know. Murkison hired... CBS sports executive and former Los Angeles Rams general manager, Tex Schramm, to run the team, be the president and the general manager. He then goes out and hires San Francisco 49ers scout Gil Brandt as head of player personnel. Gil Brandt just died here a couple weeks ago. And Gil Brandt was a scout for the San Francisco 49ers. And then they go out and hire New York Giants defensive coordinator, Tom Landry, to be the head coach, thrust forming the what is in essence the original triplets of the Dallas Cowboys, and ran the operations of all things for three decades. I don't know, maybe three is the the number that the Dallas Cowboys maybe I'd call them the Dallas Threes because we do a lot of things in threes. But it all started with Shram and Bryant and Landry. Now. A little bit more on Landry. He's the defensive coordinator for the New York football giants. And we'll get into that some point. Why they call them the New York football giants who the Cowboys open up with quite often in the NFL Mm -hmm. season. Now the offensive coordinator for the New York football giants at that time was Vince Lombardi, who then takes the green Bay Packer job. And in those early mid sixties, mid sixties, to late sixties, excuse me. And then into the nineties, the Cowboys' big playoff rivalry was always the Green Bay Packers, and we'll touch on that moving forward. Obviously, we have had a, a rather lengthy uh, uh, show today, 
and we haven't even gotten past 1960 of the Dallas Cowboys. You can see how this is kind of uh, important to me. And um, we will continue. I, I, what I tell you? Maybe two episodes? Uh, it's, uh, it's trending that way, at least. <laughs> maybe think, three. I think it may be three or four. I don't, I don't even know if I can. I'm, I was born in 1968. And it may take another episode for me to get to there <laughs> because there's a lot of meaningful games in the 1960s yeah. that we're going to go over. And I've got a whole lot more information to talk about with this, uh, with this particular subject. And uh, I was thinking we don't want to make it a Dallas Cowboy football show, but hey, why not? Because um, the most viewers and the most listeners in the National Football League are Dallas Cowboy fans. Right. The, Dallas Cowboy, the Dallas Cowboys still sell the most merchandise every year. In the National Football League, America's team. The last, the the, the number one selling jersey is number yeah. eleven, Micah Parsons. I believe it. Exactly. Can't wait to see what he's going to do this year. Okay. Right. As always, money, motivation, and Mike. Info. Find our information. Info at mx3.vip. Find all our conf- content at mx3.vip. I said that backwards. Email us at m- info at mx3.vip. And on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at mx3podcast. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and hit the icon bell to get notified of all of our new content. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. We'll continue on next week with the Dallas Cowboys. And hopefully we'll come back with that victory over the first time over the New York football giants here on opening weekend in the NFL. And we're going to continue to talk, just like I told you, um, the Super Bowl, Super Bowl one which was called the AFL-NFL Championship, the AFL-NFL Merger. One of my favorite players of all time, or my favorite player of all time, Roger Stahlback, college football, et cetera, et cetera. So once again, for everyone who's been a part of Money, Motivation, and Mike this time, continue to live your life the right way.